Daily Dribble. Welcome back to the Daily Dribble podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet. Here, absolutely thrilled to be back for another massive installment of the Daily Dribble podcast. Guys, we've got a lot in store tonight. Uh, going to quickly rip through some odds and ends from the NBA, a couple of interesting talking points to touch on there. Then going to delve into my NBL seasons preview. Now, I'm going to rip through my predicted standings, my hidden gems, my most must-watch players, and my picks for MVP. So a lot to look forward to there. Guys, we're, what are we? We're a tick over three weeks away from the season starting. Um, likewise for the NBA, we're about, what are we, six, seven weeks away. Um, so guys, as, as the action continues to get closer, the news will continue to ramp up. So be sure to stay up to date with all of our socials, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. All of them are going to be booming. As I said, as we get closer, uh, the content will continue to ramp up. So be sure to stay up to date with them, as well as subscribing or following wherever you listen to the show, whether that's here on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any or any other leading podcast providers. We, we are on all of them. Uh, so be sure to drop a follow there so you never miss another episode, guys. We certainly appreciate the continued support. Let's get in it, into it, though. Let's not stand on ceremony any longer. As I said, a lot to get through. So let's touch base with some odds and ends here. And I'll start with the point, a, uh, let's call it a, a little blooper from myself, a little uh, a commentator's curse, we'll say. Now, on last week's show, one of the first points I made was that Danilo Gallinari had suffered uh, a knee injury, and it looked as if he might have escaped serious, serious damage. Now, as is always the way, pretty much as soon as we wrapped up that episode, after further evaluation, it was in fact announced that he had suffered a torn left ACL. Now, we're looking at six to 12 months, they've said in their latest reports. Six months, I would pretty much rule out. I reckon eight to 12 months is, uh, is where we're going to be operating at, which is absolutely devastating news for him, devastating news for Boston as a whole. Um he was him and Brogdon, those two key off-season acquisitions, were really going to put them instead. Like I know, according to Vegas, for, for most reports, they were probably the favourite going in for the title this season. Now, this certainly puts a bit of a dent in that. Uh, I know I was certainly looking forward to seeing what he could do, even as he gets a little bit longer in the tooth now. Still a big body, still can gobble up boards, and is able to stretch the floor. Now, in a day and age where threes run rampant across the league, Having someone like Gallinari in that probably that backup unit was going to be so so beneficial, um, and just really complemented that second that second unit really nicely. Um, but fingers crossed he can get back for the back part of next season. Probably more likely the playoffs should the Celtics make a deep run. Um, but it, it's always the way, isn't it? I just had to say it. Just had to say it. Um, but yeah, no fingers crossed for a speedy recovery there for Gallinari. Hope I I'll have to. T- I haven't touched base with my resident Celtics fan, uh, Rowan, a little bit, but uh, to see what he made of the news. Uh, on that point, we are expecting the fellas back in the next week or two, so a lot to look forward to there. Uh, the band will be uh, back together. Moving ahead on other injury fronts, uh, Lonzo Ball with the Bulls looks like he won't be participating in training camp and is doubtful to suit up for the season start. Now, this is due to the ongoing pain he's had in his knee that hampered the back end of his his season. That's uh, a huge blow to the Bulls. Now, we spoke about this a bit last season as it was going on, but the loss of Ball and Caruso 
was so, so damaging to the Bulls. Um, I know speaking to our main man, Apex, our our big Bulls nut here at the Daily Dribble, and like there was so much promise with this squad, so much hope. They were really going gangbusters for that first half of the season. Yet once Ball went down, once Caruso went down, they really just lacked that defensive identity as well as the playmaking. A lot was left up to DeRozan, Levine, um, but they're also kind of score score first um, players. Whereas having Ball and Caruso, uh, yeah, no, having them both go down was just uh, just pretty much derailed their season. So I certainly hope Lonto gets back quickly. Uh, I know from his time with the Lakers, transition to the Pelicans, now to the Bulls, he's really made some really great strides in his overall game especially his consistency with the three ball. His playmaking has always been at a really high level, but that's just continued to evolve as well. Um, so fingers crossed we can see him back very, very soon. In a little interesting point here, this one kind of excited me. Uh, the G League will be introducing a target score for overtime games next season. Now, it will be an untimed period with the first team to score seven points winning the game. Now they did this. They they set seven as the uh, the target, just so it would be longer than two possessions. Um, but I would love to know what you guys think of this one. I I don't think it can hurt to try. Now I like that they're rolling it out in the G League initially. Um, I personally like the thrill of an overtime game. I like the thrill that it could possibly go to a double overtime, um, and all the all the suspense that that brings with it. Um, Yet the target score has worked super, super well in the All-Star game. Like I have was initially a little bit sceptical of it, but it, uh, it's, it's gone gangbusters. It's really made it a must-watch event once again. Uh, so, you know, fair play for the league. We're, I've spoken about it before. It is a super progressive league, the NBA. They're willing to try everything and anything. Um, so I don't mind this. So, guys, let me know out there. Hit me up. What do you think about the G League? I've just lost the plot. I was about to say the NBA. What do you think of the G League introducing a new target score for overtime games? Do you think it'll be a hit or will it be a flop? Let me know. I'm certainly excited to see how it works. Um, And should it all go well, who knows? We might be seeing it in the NBA very, very soon. Montrez Harrell. Now, a guy we've spoken about quite extensively this offseason, more so for the wrong reasons. Got a little bit of good news today for the big Trez there. He has signed a new two-year deal with the 76ers. Uh, this comes after the news that his um, felony charges had been downgraded. So he has now signed a two-year deal with the 76ers, sixth man of the year in the 1920 season. Um, he'll just add another level of toughness to a team that, to be honest, looks poised once again to be in and around the mix. They've really brought the band back together. It's pretty much Houston Rockets 2.0. Um, get Eric Gordon in the fold and we'll be pretty well home and hosed. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what the 76ers can do. I think they've got a really competent, well-rounded team. Harold will bring that defensive identity, that energy off the bench, complemented alongside Tucker, um, as well as Daniel House, DeAnthony Melton, all these other great off-season signings they've had. Like none of them are real big, big, big name players, but they're just really competent role players that add ability from outside with the three ball. But that defensive identity, it'll enable Embiid, enable 
Tobias Harris, Maxi, James Harden, just to flourish on that offensive end. So uh, I'm certainly excited to see what lineups they roll with. What uh, and you know, I think there could be a few curly ones out and about there. Um, but nevertheless, back on that main point, it's awesome to see Trez back in the league. As I said last week, hopefully now he can put those those legal troubles behind him and start to flourish again. You know, as I said, we're only a couple of years removed from him and Lou Williams being one of the most not just second units, but one of the most competent duos across the whole NBA. Um, so hopefully we can see Trez back at his best once again. My last point here from the NBA was today I saw announced now over the last couple of days, all the 2K ratings have been announced. Tell you what, absolutely buzzing for 2K. Um, and always the ratings are a, a contentious point. Now, Giannis takes out top spot with an overall rating of 97 KD, LeBron, a couple of others around that 96 mark. Uh, but the point I wanted to touch on was the disrespect given to some Australian players here. Now, I'm going to I'm gonna rip through a couple of these players and, um, you know, just chew the fat a little then. So we had Ben Simmons as our highest overall rated player at 83. Josh Giddy came in at 82. Matisse Thibault at 77. Joe Ingles, 76. Josh Green, 73. Dyson Daniels, 73. And Paddy Mills, 72. Okay. Now, this was just baffling to me. Um, largely the fact that Paddy Mills was absolutely, that's the glaring point here. 72 rated. 72 rated Paddy Mills. Below rookies Dyson Daniels, below Josh Green. This has got to be, he must have pissed off the wrong people. He must have really done a number on running 2K there because that is absolutely disgusting. Now, I certainly think Giddy, 82, expect that to be around 84, 85 by season's end, the way he's currently progressing. Likewise, expect to see Dyson Daniels' ratings shoot up a little bit there as well. But Paddy Mills, I tell you what, I reckon he'll come out. I don't know how much he reads into things like this. But I reckon he'll come out with a bit of a bone to pick. He'll really show out those this season. Um, and uh, at, at the minimum, I would be looking at a 75, 76, probably on par with Joe Ingles there. Um, so that's that's criminal, that is. Uh, just the last point on the 2K ratings that I absolutely loved was seeing, or not, I, I didn't love seeing it, but it was just, uh, it was very well orchestrated. They had Russell Westbrook as a 78 rating which in its own right is just just disrespectful to the nth degree. Pat Bev received a 79 rating, so one mark ahead of Westbrook there. Uh, videos up on our socials the other day just showing how the initial interactions between the two are going. Um, and to be honest, it, it kind of looks like the chemistry levels are pretty high there in LA. Um, saw Westbrook kind of help out Pat Bev. He was doing an interview, tossed him a towel just to mop up the sweat. Things you love to see. So, you know, time will tell how that plays out, but it looks as if uh, those chemistry issues that many people thought might rear their head, uh, they might be working things out there in LA. Time will tell if Westbrook actually remains a Laker or not, but should he remain a Laker? Uh, the signs are looking promising thus far. Beautiful guys, let's move ahead from odds and ends there. Daily dribble. Into my NBL season preview. Now, 
as always, this is going to be a point. I say it in a lot of our segments. I'd love to hear what you guys think of these picks, where I went right, where I went wrong. Um, I reckon with the standings, they'll have a few few scratching their head. Um, but uh, let's see how we go. So I'm going to start here with my standings predictions for the upcoming NBL season. I'll start from 10 through to 1. Uh, my predicted 10th team is the New Zealand Breakers. Now, I I think there's some talent there, but I just think compared to the rest of the league, they're lacking a real out-and-out scorer, a real out-and-out playmaker, uh, just someone to really steer the ship. Uh, I know William McDowell-White is probably the name they'll look to most, but I just think they're probably lacking behind other teams in, to be honest, most departments. Uh, so I've got them as my 10th ranked team. Number nine, moving ahead to the Cairns Taipans, another team that I think outside of Tajir McCall, who I'll touch on shortly, um, they're a little bit thin as well. I think they've lost Scotty Machado. He's gone. He wasn't too much of a factor last season, but I think they're lacking a bit of on-floor leadership. Um, And again, on the talent front, I think they'll just be a little bit behind the eight ball. So there's 10 and nine. Moving ahead to my eighth-ranked team, I've got the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Now, there's some talent on this team. Ryan Brockoff, former NBA or NBA experience there. Mitchie Creek, I think, will be poised for a big year. Uh, the loss of Zhou Qi, um, the Chinese sensation, I think really hinders them on the size front. Um, they've made some, some decent off-season acquisitions, but I just think with these other seven teams, uh, I don't think they'll quite be able to hang with them. Number seven, I've got the Illawarra Hawks. Uh, some big losses there, namely Antonius Cleveland, Justinian Jessup as well, moving to Europe. Uh, some big shoes to fill there. But again, another team I just think they've made some handy replacements. Wani Swakala Bullock, big, big pickup there. But I just think they've they've lost more than they've gained. Um, so I expect them to be around that seventh mark. Sixth, I've got the Brisbane Bullets. Now, a lot of people, I think, would would have thought that I might have had them higher. Um, Nathan Sobey, hopefully, back to his best. Aaron Baines, a big, big acquisition there. Uh, there's a lot to like about their team, but again, I expect them to be that middle of the pack. Um, it really will hinge on if Sobey can get back to his best. I think I might have picked him. Did I have him MVP last year in my pick? or I think I had him in the top three, nevertheless. Um, but a lot will hinge on him and and that link up with Baines. Five, I've got my boys, the Tassie Jack Jumpers. Um, I was really trying to make a case for them being a bit higher, but I just think probably at the start of the season with those injuries to Will Magnay and Clint Steindl, uh, probably more so the Magnay one. His his return date looks like it might be a little bit further along than Steindl's. Um, I think having those two out will hinder them to start the season. Uh, they had their opening uh, opening hit out in preseason a couple of nights ago, defeating the Phoenix. From all reports and from what I've seen, Milton Doyle, Rashad Kelly, the two new imports, looked fantastic. So that's really positive signs there. Um, but how that will translate in the actual season, you know, it's big shoes to fill from Joshy Adams there, an absolute spark plug. So um, hopefully, I've got fifth. I'm hoping for better, but that's where I see them. So very uh very talented talented looking league this year. Number four, I've got Melbourne United. Now, 
I'll touch on a couple of these players shortly, but Rajon Tucker, I think, is going to be just immense for them this season. Losing Delhi obviously hurts as well as JLA there. Um, but I'm hoping Rajon Tucker can be massive. Chris Goulding will look to shoot the lights out once again. Um, when he's on, he's one of the most must-watch players in the league, so he'll be expecting another big campaign this season. Uh, but I think that loss of JLA in particular will have them sitting fourth. I don't think they'll be contending with the top couple of teams there in the actual regular season standings, that is. Uh, going to number three there, taking out the bronze medal in the regular season standings, I've got the Adelaide 36ers. Now, they have been the absolute talk of the town this offseason, namely with their their signings, Robert Franks and Antonius Cleveland, um, coming over from the Bullets and the Hawks, respectively. Uh, they look, they're, they're really going for it this season, and I love it. I think their fortunes are certainly going to be a lot healthier than last season. Um, so I expect them up around that that third, second, third, fourth mark. I've put them in at three, um, but I'm really excited to see what they can do and once once again just be a formidable force within the league. Number two, I've got the reigning champs. I've got the reigning champs, the Sydney Kings, um, a phenomenal, phenomenal season they had. Uh, I think I've got them. I've got them second. Um, I think losing Jalen Adams, namely, is the key key piece of that. The MVP. Um, when you lose your MVP, it's certainly it's it's going to have a massive impact. They've they've replaced the squad really well. I think Xavier Cooks going to have a massive season in his own right. Um, so I expect them to go pretty close to finishing on top. I think they'll duke it out with my number one team, the Perth Wildcats. Last season, missed out in agonizing fashion there. Um, It really was just one of the most incredible culminations to a sporting season that I've ever witnessed. Um, The way that played out against the Phoenix, the last game of the season, the Phoenix had to beat the Wildcats for the Jack Jumpers to make it into the playoffs. Um, And for it to go to OT, breaking the Wildcats' record streak, it was 20-plus years of making the playoffs, for that to come to an end. Uh, I think they will be they'll be hungrier than ever to return to the mountaintop, um, and I expect them to really go full throttle just to ensure that they uh, they lock a spot up this season, leaving nothing to chance. Um, so certainly looking forward to seeing how that plays out. I'll rip through my top ten again there. So I had the New Zealand Breakers, the Cairns Taipans, the South East Melbourne Phoenix, the Illawarra Hawks, the Brisbane Bullets, the Tassie Jack Jumpers. Melbourne United, the Adelaide 36ers, the Sydney Kings, and the Perth Wildcats being my pick for the finishing top of this year's NBL standings. Now, my kind of key takeaways as I did this, I found this extremely difficult. I've chopped and changed and kind of put every possible combination into this list um, because I truly believe it's going to be a super, super close season. Bar probably the Breakers and the Taipans, I think they're a little further off the pace. I think that top eight teams, it's uh, it's going to be really close. Um, in particular, I reckon that that top five, top six, I don't see there being a team that really separates too far from the pack. Um, and I love the fact that this season we've got the playing, playing format. I think it'll keep games deeper in the season more exciting for longer um, and in a lot more intense for that back end of the season. Uh, and it, it's awesome to see these teams... You know, 
I don't. I I I really think the breakers and tie pants probably aren't going to feature. But I think for the teams like the Phoenix Hawks, Bullets, Jack Jumpers, all those who are hanging around the periphery, uh, it's going to make that last couple of weeks of games just absolutely must watch TV. So as I said, I love that the league's doing this. Um, can't wait to see how it goes in its first year. Um, and as I said, with the Jack Jumpers coming back to that, I think I had them third at one stage. I had them third earlier in the week. You know, kind of looking through all the depth charts again, the squads, just all the news. I had to move them down to fifth. Uh, I just think that, you know, we saw them perform incredibly well without Magne last season um, in their playoff run. But I think the start of the season, Steindl and Magne being out will, uh, will hinder the start of their season. Hopefully they get back in very quick time um, and they can really start to launch their season from there. Let's move ahead to my MVP. I've got three candidates here um, that I'll rip through. So my MVP pick for this season is Xavier Cooks. Now, reigning MVP, Jalen Adams had a phenomenal season last year. He's gone. He is out of there. Uh, but seeing the way, even as, as Adams was injured there in that final season, seeing the way that Cooks stepped up claiming finals MVP, uh, he is going to be well in the forefront of people's minds. The media, um, the players, the league, he is really catapulting himself into that upper echelon of players. Um, he's such a well-rounded game on both ends of the floor. Can pretty much guard one through five with not only his size, but also his athleticism. Um, and then with that speed and size, can also exploit teams on the offensive end. Um, and just having a big, having a big in this, this day and age who can knock down the three ball, it's almost becoming a prerequisite. We've seen in the NBA players like Embiid, Giannis, Jokic, these big heavy hitters, having that three ball, it gives them such another element to their game. And that's an element that Cooks has. So he's my pick this season. Shout out to the boys from the fifth and dribble. I'm sure they'll love to hear that, uh, that I've got a Sydney Kings player there. Uh, but Xavier Cooks is my pick for this year's MVP award. And number two, I've got King Cotton from the Perth Wildcats. Always going to have big numbers. He is an absolute star of the league. He's an icon of the league at this point. Um, and I expect him to be, he's always going to be in and around the mix for this award. Last season, a tick under 23 points, three and a half rebounds, five assists, a steal and a half a game. Uh, he went 36% from three last season and a tick over 91% from the free throw line. Uh, I really, you know, it ties in with to why I had the Perth Wildcats number one. I think he is going to be hungry. You know, the ultimate competitor that he is in this franchise is they're so used to winning, so used to, to being heavy hitters in the league. For them to miss out last season would have eaten them up. I think they really would have channeled that this offseason. Um, some key signings coming in that I'll touch on momentarily. Uh, but I think by adding Corey Webster, uh, that explosive backcourt dynamic there, um, is going to be tremendous. I think it'll really open up some quality looks there. The former Breakers man uh, getting some quality looks for Cotton. Um, and hopefully, you know, as I said, 36% last season from three. If he can get this up and around a tick under 40%, uh, and the Wildcats can finish in that one to two area, expect him to be pretty high on a lot of people's ballots. Uh, my third pick for this year's MVP, I've gone, I might be seen as a little left field to some people. Uh, I've got Mitch Creek from the Phoenix. Now, this was one, again, I chopped and changed players for this third spot. Um, I went Creek. Now, 
a lot of people might be raising eyebrows given how I predicted them for an eighth place finish this season. Now, not many players who finished that low that have their team finished that low are probably going to poll too high on the ballots. Um, but I think for Creek, especially as I said with Zoe, Zoe Chi gone, um, if they're going to be a team that's kind of sniffing in and around that playing mark, he's going to have to be big. He is going to have to be big. He had his highest scoring season last year. He put up 20 and a half points, six rebounds, three assists, plus a steal a game. Uh, his three-point his three point shooting dipped significantly. It went down to 32.5% last season. Um, so we'll hopefully see that bounce back in and around the mid-30s mark, 35, 36, you'd be stoked with. Uh, but don't be surprised if you see him dropping, you know, 23 points a game, six rebounds, three assists, what he did last season, but 23 points a game. If the Phoenix can somehow eke out enough wins, don't be surprised to see Mitchie Creek high in the ballot. Uh, you know, there was players I was looking at, Nathan Sobey, Majet, even as a as a bit of a, a dark horse there. There's a lot of talent in this league, but my top three for this year's MVP is Xavier Cooks from the Kings, Bryce Cotton from the Wildcats, and Mitch Creek from the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Let's move ahead. I've got here some hidden gems. Um, now, I did this the other week with some with the NBA players. This week, transition to the NBL. Uh, my first hidden gem to keep an eye out for is Jared Weeks of the Tassie Jack Jumpers. Bit of Tassie pride here. Shout out to you, Weeksy. Uh, he really had some standout moments last season. When they needed a bucket, they needed a big three to turn momentum, especially against Melbourne United um, and the Sydney Kings there in the playoffs. He stepped up big. Uh, he's a vice captain of the team, so it was Clint Steindl's out, our, our current captain. Um, his leadership and ability to knock down the three ball are going to be huge. Um, he's such comes off the bench, but he's an absolute spark plug. I use that. I've used that word a couple of times already, but spark plug is his is probably the best, the most apt way to define him. Um, he comes out, t- sets the tone defensively, uh, but then his ability from three, it really came along in the back half of the season. Uh, so I certainly, I hope he can build on that momentum he got in the back end of last season. Um, and hopefully that translates to start this season. Number two from the Adelaide 36ers, I've got Daniel Johnson. Now, with a lot of the focus, it's all going to be going to Robert Franks, Antonius Cleveland this season. I think Johnson should hopefully be able to fly under the radar. Mitchie McCarron will also chew up a lot of attention. Uh, 34 years old now. Last season averaged 16 points, seven rebounds, two assists. Just under seven foot, um, so he can clang and bang in the paint. But he's got the ability to shoot the three ball as well. Now, I've, I love a big who can shoot the three. Saw a dip last season at 33%, but the two seasons prior was 39% and 44%. So if he's able to knock down the ball around that 40% mark, that's going to be wicked for his game with the ability to stretch the floor, open up the lanes for Franks, for, for Cleveland, for McCarron to get into. Um, but he does also have the size to have those other shooters stretch the floor and for him to get into the lane and attack. So as I said, I think with a lot of the attention going to these other bigger name players, uh, Daniel Johnson will be able to flourish. My third player, my third hidden gem to watch out for comes from the Illawarra Hawks. It is Deng Deng. Now, first and foremost, what a great name, Deng Deng. Um, I love that. I Just trying to think, Nicholas Nicholas. 
I went the uh, the old double, the first name and last name the same. Doesn't quite have the same ring to it as Deng Deng. Um, but he comes back to the team he played with in the 2020 season, was with the Bullets last season. Um, we'll be looking at competing with Sam Froling for that starting power forward role. Uh, last season, he only played a tick under 19 minutes, uh, averaged seven rebounds, four and a half assists, um, was was competent, but already head coach Jacob Jacobus is already suggesting he'll have an increased responsibility this season. So expect him to put up considerably bigger numbers this time around. Um, was one of the Hawks' biggest targets this offseason, just due to the strides he's made as a shooter, as well as his overall defensive presence, which um, was I was lucky enough to see in person. Um, and he's, he's an absolute animal on that defensive end. So I think with his build, his athleticism, he can guard multiple spots, which you guys, if you've tuned in, if you're a long-time listener of the show, you, you guys know I love a player that can guard one through five and a big that can shoot the three ball. So um, he's certainly another player to watch out for there. So my three hidden gems in the NBL are Jared Weeks of the Jack Jumpers, Daniel Johnson of the Adelaide 36ers, and Deng Deng from Illawarra. Okay, moving ahead, I've got four names here for my last category, players I'm most excited to see. Now, I'm going to start with Rajon Tucker from Melbourne United, explosive guard out of the US, was one of the bigger name signings across the league this offseason. Uh, will be 25 by the time the season starts in a couple of weeks' time. Had stints in the NBA, but for the Bucks G League team last season was where he was. He just made his name. Averaged 21 points, seven and a half rebounds, four assists, a tick over a steal a game. But what I loved about him and watching all his highlight packages over the last uh, month or two is his athleticism. He's just a highlight machine. Uh, it feels very reminiscent to Prime Westbrook with just that nuclear athleticism. Um, and I think, you know, regardless of the stats he puts up, regardless of if Melbourne win or lose on any given night, he's going to be must-watch TV. Um, I think a real player that you won't be able to take your eyes off. And again, for him, a season in which he may be able to cat him, catapult himself back into that NBA uh, front of mind for a lot of teams out there if he really uh, shows out this season. Number two, I've got from the Cairns Taipans, Tajir McColl. Absolutely fell in love with this guy last year. It was a shining light for the Taipans in what was a pretty dour season otherwise. Um, now Scotty Machado's gone. This is undoubtedly his team. Um, it's a team that, as I said, I predicted them for ninth this coming season. We'll finish lower in the standings. I think, again, he'll be a shining light. Uh, last season, he put up 16 points, five and a half rebounds, five and a half assists, two steals a game. Struggled with the three ball at only 26%. But if he can pick that up, like this guy's the complete package. Plays with a wicked energy on both ends of the floor. Um, and for this Cairns Taipans team that's kind of focused, lent more into youth players, um, he's going to be a real floor general. And hopefully that that energy, enthusiasm he brings will just permeate through the rest of the team. My third player here is Brady Manick from the Perth Wildcats. Um, wow, this guy's uh, he's making some waves as well. This is a guy I'm super keen to see. He comes from playing with the North Carolina Tar Heels, made it to the final. They defeated Duke in the final four uh, before going down to Kansas in the national championship game. Uh, he averaged 15 points and shot 40% from three last year with UNC. 
Uh, spent the summer working with the Charlotte Hornets. So he's going to be in wicked shape when he comes, well, when the season starts. Uh, so he's been putting in some work, and I've seen some highlight packages of him. And a guy that he's, he's a big boy. He's a big boy, but his athleticism, I'm just trying to think of a comparable player in the NBA. Um, it's not quite like a Giannis, but similar in that sense of just big, long, and athletic. Um, I'm I'm really excited to see what this team, as I, you know, he's a big part as to why I had them number one. Uh, I think that the the potential for him and Bryce Cotton looking at pick and roll, bit of pick and roll action, um, and just for their overall chemistry, I've seen little clips in training so far. Uh, I think they're going to be pretty deadly. So watch out for them this year. Brady Manick from the Perth Wildcats, certainly a name to uh, to keep your eyes peeled for. The fourth player I've got here um, is Dejan Vasilovic from the Sydney Kings, public enemy number one. Uh, he was really, really starting to bowl out, especially once Jalen Adams went out. He was, uh, him and Xavier Cooks, really were the driving forces behind this team. Uh, he's had his stint with the Boomers now over the last couple of weeks, so that will have only increased his confidence. And to be honest, the league, like sports, needs villains. Um, and I think he can be that. Now, it's kind of like Trey Young in the NBA, um, shushing the, the New York crowd. Dejan did that as well. Down on our home turf, down at my state bank arena there, um, hit a game-winning shot and absolutely gave us fans hell. And to be honest, I love it. I think he can play this villain role perfectly. And I think it's – I want him to see that as a compliment. I think it's a true a true test of his character that he can get under people's skin so well then continue to back up his actions. Um, I love the passion, the energy he plays with. And as I said, I think this year is a year where he could really flourish. Um, you know, the Kings have made some big ac- off-season acquisitions, build the holes well that have been left by Jarrell Martin um, and Jalen Adams there. But I think Vasilovic, he could be he could be one of the most most watched players in the league. As I said, partly for his on on court skill set, uh, but partly for the way that he's going to roll up not only fans but also players out there as well. Uh, and I love it. Fair play to you, Dijon. Mate, if you can, if you put your money where your mouth with, put your money where your mouth is, should I say? Uh, fair play to you, my man. So certainly looking forward to seeing what he can do as well. So just to recap that, the four players I'm most keen to see this season is Rajon Tucker, Tarjia McCall, Brady Manick, and Dijon Vasilovic. Guys, now. I'm not sure if you just purely listen to this show for the NBA content. I don't know how much you would have tuned in for this show. If you are still listening this deep in the piece, I'm going to say it again. I need a dollar jar for this one as well. Um, but guys, if you check out the league, honestly, if you're not familiar with the NBL, be sure to check it out this season. The talent, the quality, um, the excitement that it brings, the way it's developing and growing, it really is behind. The NBA, you know, it's right up there with the Euro League, with the CBA there in China, as one of the most must-watch leagues in the world. Um, so I'm, I can't wait. As I said, tick over three weeks now till it tips off. I know the Jack Jumpers' first game is away to the Phoenix. Uh, we're then at home on the first of October. Uh, the first home game is My State Bank Arena against the Illawarra Hawks on the third of October. 
Uh, as much as I'm looking forward to it, it kind of, I'm uh, myself, uh, Ro, um, and our respective partners, as well as uh, another one of Ro's siblings there, Millie, um, and her partner, Cam, we're all headed off to the Gold Coast. So we'll unfortunately miss the first, I think, two home games. Uh, but I cannot wait to sink my teeth into all the NBL action this season. I implore you guys to do so as well. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed my little preview there. We'll see how much of it comes to fruition. Um, guys, as I said, as always, be sure if you're an NBL fan out there, let me know what you thought of those points, especially the standings, the MVP picks. If I got them right, if I got them wrong, give me hell. I'm a big boy. I can take it. Uh, as always, guys, be sure to stay up to date with all of our socials, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, follow wherever you listen to the show. And as always, if you've got any friends out there who are basketball fans, pass them on. Send them the link to the podcast. See if they uh, find it interesting. Um, we love having any and all new listeners, uh, especially if they're from a different country. There's some outlandish – if you've got a friend in some outlandish country, um, you know, like a, I don't know, a Malta or a Lebanon or, you know, Uruguay. Yeah, a little South America. If you've got any South American friends over there, uh, send them the podcast. We'd like to have a little more South American flavor in our in our listenership here, guys. So, as always, I certainly appreciate it. All the continued support. We're a couple of weeks out now from the NBA, the NBL. The news will continue to ramp up, so be sure to stay up to date with the Daily Dribble. I'll continue to bring you all the latest news. Just actually, just on that, as I said, Rowan Lee. I think they were meant to be back for this week's episode. Uh, I kind of jumped the gun on them and preemptively recorded this one. Uh, but keep your eyes peeled. The fellas should be back very, very soon. So looking forward to that. Till next time, guys. Take care. Have a great week and enjoy everything that the NBA and NBL has to offer.